0: Thank you for joining us for the Covenant Gathering here on EuroFolkRadio.com. Our host is Pastor Visser from CovenantPeoplesMinistry.org. We hope that you are inspired to grow in faith and wisdom by studying the scriptures each week with us. It is written, Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and gather the children. So let us gather together for this Bible study hour with our host, Pastor Visser, on the Eurofolk Radio Network.
1: Hello again, my good friends and kinsfolk all around the world. And thank you for joining me. I'm Pastor Visser, and I'd like to welcome you for the first time broadcast of the year, at least from Covenant People's Ministry, on the Eurofolk Radio Network. And like usual, I would like to throw out a big thank you to Paul English and the Eurofolk Radio crew for allowing me the ability to reach God's people. The time is now 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that means it is 5 p.m., In London, England. We here, at least in Georgia, are in the thralls of winter. Today, as I look out my window, there is a sheet of glass going down the road and over all of the trees. And I know many of our people around the world and most assuredly in America are dealing with a cold season. The date is January 7th, meaning we're about a week into the year of 2017. And many of my friends have been saying, well, this is a killer month. It's going to be a long, cold winter. And traditionally, winter and summer have been known throughout time, at least, or have the reputation throughout time of being the devil's months. And most likely because they are seasons of death. Winter comes along and it kills off all the bugs and the leaves from the trees and the same effect is experienced in winter when it, or summer when it's too hot. So today we're going to be doing a look into the doctrine of Satan. Now this is an unreleased sermon in that I've been working and compiling the notes on a four part series looking at the devil for about five or six years now, since the release of my book, Sataniel, Rise and and Fall of the Adversary. Now, this book, at least the one I wrote back in 2008, attempted to answer all of the questions pertaining to Satan, who he is, how he was created, what he was created for, and many of his devices, how he operates, Amongst the children of disobedience. But today we're going to be taking a look at what Satan is from an entirely different angle. Because, my friends, within Christian identity and the dual seed line doctrine, we must have a firm foundation on the devil. And the reason for that is because there are men and women who come in and they deny the reality of Satan. And so... Because people deny that Satan is a literal deity, today we're going to take a look at many things that Satan is. The doctrine of Satan according to the Bible. And in order to do that, we're going to be skipping around. But to begin with, we're going to look at what Satan is not. Now, we need to establish this right at the beginning. Satan is not an evil principle. He's not an error of our own mortal minds. He's not a disease germ or an abstract power. He's not even a being with hoofs and horns and a tail, you know, the red suited pitchfork yielding Persian interpretation of what Satan is. Now scripturally, Satan is entirely different than what modern Christendom usually espouses him to be, and most assuredly what our Jewish media portrays Satan to be, in that they usually portray him as being something very ugly. But scripturally, Satan was created the full pattern in the very beginning, and like sin, full of beauty and quite enticing. So Satan is not all of these things. What he is, according to Scripture is made very clear over and over. And the Bible answers any question that any honest Bible student could have regarding Satan and his many names. And we're going to take a look at many things. But the structure of my notes centers around this part, being the doctrine of Satan and what the Bible teaches regarding Satan. Now, Part two is the origin of Satan, how he was created, what he was created for, and everything else. And finally, the conclusion, part three, will be the fall of Satan. Because we must understand his fall and why it was he fell. But what he is, according to Scripture, is a real person. And we need to understand that, because people come in and they say, well... Satan can be just your flesh. Well, Satan can be flesh, but so also are all of these prophecies and all of these New Testament teachings regarding a literal deity, a lowercase god, if you will, known as Satan. And these are personal statements found in Scripture, and they all prove that he is a person. So, to begin, I feel it's appropriate to take a look Today, to begin in First Chronicles, chapter 21. And we read, beginning in verse 1. Now Satan, designing evil against Israel, put into David's mind the impulse to take the number of Israel. Now the King James says Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number them. And what we need to recognize, I believe from this set of passages in First Chronicles chapter 21, is that the way of numbering our people and taking censuses and doing all sorts of social experiments on them is of the devil. And so, right here we learn in the very beginning of the Bible, at least in the Old Testament, that Satan is a proper name. It is capitalized and every translation that we know. And he designed evil against the children of Israel, the offspring of Israel, the man, the men, women, and children who are Israelites. That's you and I, my friend. And Satan still designs evil against us and oftentimes puts within the minds of our rulers, as he did wise King David, to number our people. And so right there, That proves he was a real person. But Satan also has access to heaven. And few people understand that, but it's true. It's confirmed. It's found within the book of Job, chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, where we learn. There was a day when the sons of God came together before the Lord, and Satan came with them. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Where do you come from? And Satan said, In answer to wandering this way and that on the earth, and walking about on it. And Yahweh said to Satan, Have you taken note of my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a man without sin, and upright, fearing God, and keeping himself far from evil. And so, my friends, we must understand that the book of Job, at least... Sets it up at the very beginning that there was a day when the sons of Yahweh God, the angels, came together. And all of them presented themselves before Yahweh God and Satan also came with them. And we should also notice that Yahweh God gives Satan particular powers and license to do certain things to certain people, as he did in the case of Job. But that's not the only place, because In this same book of Job, if you skip over one chapter to chapter 2, we learn beginning in verse 1, There was a day when the Son of God, or the sons of God, came together before the Lord, and Satan came with them. And Yahweh said unto Satan, Where do you come from? And Satan said in answer, from wandering this way, and that on the earth, and walking about on it. And Yahweh said to Satan, Have you taken note of my servant Job? For there is none like him on the earth, a man without sin and upright, fearing God and keeping himself far from evil. Question. And he still keeps his righteousness, though you have been moving me to send destruction on him. Who? Job. Without cause. And so, right here, In Job chapter 2, we see one of the glimpses of Satan's name, which is the accuser of our brethren. And Satan is given particular powers. Satan is given particular powers because he is a real person, quote unquote. And it goes without saying that the number of the beast that is spoken about in the book of Revelation, that is 666, it is a human number. So above everything else, Satan is also a son of God, just like Yahshua, just like you and I, my brothers and sisters. And therefore, Satan first is a person. Now, if that doesn't convince you what we looked at already in the book of Job from two different chapters, turn over to the book of Revelation in chapter 12. And we can read beginning in verse 7. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels going out to the fight with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels made war. And they were overcome. And there was no more place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was forced down. The old snake who is named the evil one and Satan by whom all the earth is turned from the right way. He was forced down to the earth, and his angels were forced down with him. Now friends, we should already notice that not only does this evil one, who is known as Satan, have angels, but that those same angels were forced down with him during a war in heaven. And Michael, being the warring archangel of Yahweh God, contended... With Satan, and his angels went out to the fight, meaning the saints. And so, what we learn here in Revelation is that that great dragon was cast out. He's also called, according to the King James, the old serpent, the devil, and Satan, and he deceiveth the whole world. Now, perhaps that makes more sense when you read. In Genesis chapter 2 and 3, that there was a serpent in the very beginning. And why he was down on the earth? Well, he was cast down because there was war in heaven. He was there in the very beginning of the book of Job in the first two chapters. And most theologians agree that Job even predates Genesis in antiquity, meaning that it is an older book. So what else does the devil do as a person, personified, de facto? He stands up against people to resist them as any other person can. And this is probably the part of the sermon that I want you to pay close attention to. Because few people, at least in my estimation, actually cover these aspects of our enemy. The enemy of Yahweh God. And we know that Christ clearly taught that that enemy has children. And so, I want you to consider a verse as it's found in Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. And if there are any questions, please feel free to uh, post them in the chat room. As uh, We go along in the upcoming months. We actually intend on expanding this show, hopefully, and allowing access to people and their phone call. But in Zechariah chapter three, we learn beginning in verse one. He let me see Joshua, the high priest, and in his place before the angel of the Lord and Satan. At his right hand, ready to take up cause against him. Stopping right there. The King James says that Satan personified a proper name, was standing at the right hand of who? Well, (laughs) we know this. We've actually covered this from this very pulpit. But we learn here that one of the tactics of the devil is that he will resist the righteous. Right? Right? And oftentimes, is chosen of Yahweh God, as in the case of Balaam, to resist even the false prophet. But oftentimes, the devil will stand at the right hand of many false prophets. And perhaps that's a study for another day. But verse 2 says, Yahweh said unto Satan, Yahweh rebuke thee, O Satan. Even Yahweh that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this brand plucked out of the fire? Now we're gonna, we're not gonna get too deep today actually into Zechariah, but once again we notice that it is the devil that stands up against people to resist them as any other person would. So one of the things that the devil does is resist us from doing righteousness. And of course it goes without saying that he promotes all of the things that are lawless from fornication to murder. There are many works of the devil and his children. And it's not only in the Minor Prophets where this is taught. So, turn over to First Peter. And we read in chapter 5, but beginning in verse 8. Peter says, Be serious and keep watch. The evil one who is against you goes about like a lion with an open mouth in search of food. Now, the King James says, be sober. That means be sober-minded. We cannot be drunken. We need to be vigilant or vigilant, meaning we have to always keep an open eye. Why? Well, Peter says, because we have an adversary. He is known as the devil. And we already confirmed today in this sermon, the doctrine of Satan, that the devil, according to the book of Revelation, is also known as the serpent and Satan. He goes around as a roaring lion, walking about, just like he did in the book of Job. Why? Because he's seeking whom he may devour. Now, we need to understand this. One of the original curses that is given in the proto-gospel of Genesis against the serpent is that the serpent and his offspring can live only off of the dust of the earth. And this is a foreshadowing of that. Peter warns us, be sober-minded and always be looking. Why? Well, common sense dictates he's always working against us. And so if we have this devil who walks around on the earth working against us and speaking against us, in short, the accuser of our brethren, who has access to the throne of God, who can run to Yahweh and... Say, look at what Joe is doing. Look at what Jill is doing. Then looking into the doctrine of Satan is essential. And Satan appears throughout the Old Testament. Consider this statement in the 109th Psalm, verse 6. Where Yahweh God says, They have put on me evil for good, hate in exchange for my love. Put an evil man over him. And let one be placed at his right hand to say evil of him. Now, the King James ironically renders Psalm 109 verse 6 as, Set thou a wicked man over him, let Satan stand at his right hand. So that is the first point that we have confirmed in the first 20 minutes of this sermon. Satan is a real person, can appear as a person. His fallen angels can impregnate like a person can, the daughters of Adam. So when we get to Genesis 6, we understand and have more clarity as to what happened. Now right here on this venue, eurofolkradio.com, I preached a sermon about two months ago titled Satan the Enchanter, and in that we looked at the temptations of the devil towards Yahshua. And we looked at it from all three Gospels in which it appeared. But that's the next point I'd like to bring up this afternoon. Jesus Christ waged war on Satan as a person. Not once did Yahshua come in and say, well, Satan's just your flesh. And it goes without saying, because Yahshua was perfect and guileless. Therefore, he could not have had satanic flesh and could not have been born of the devil as he taught. And many Bible teachers erroneously espouse. Joshua went about destroying the works of the devil. And delivered men from his power. Now, we already confirmed that wicked men that do evil for good, or even call evil good, or exchange hate for love, have one place at their right hand known as Satan, according to the Psalms, right? So I want you to consider a New Testament verse as it's found in the first epistle of John. However, the third chapter where we learn in verse 8. The sinner is a child of the evil one. For the evil one has been a sinner from the first. And the Son of God was seen on earth so that he might put an end to the works of the evil one. Now, the King James says devil, but there's not much difference in what's being said here. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Because the devil sins from the very beginning. Meaning that the devil and his offspring through Cain was the world's first what? Well, murder. But they sinned from the very beginning. It was not the will of God that Cain go and slay Abel. But it was the devil's meddling. Why? Because the devil sins from the beginning. He was obviously there, right? We confirm that today from the book of Revelation. There was war in heaven. He was cast down. The serpent. He was obviously there in the beginning of Genesis because we learn that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field that Yahweh God had ever created. And here we learn in First John chapter 3, that he that commits sin habitually is born of the devil. Now, John wasn't the only one that taught this. This was taught by the early church in the book of Acts.
0: Christ waged
1: war on Satan as a person, and so also did the early church. And perhaps the reason the enemy does not want us to wage war against the devil, or even believe that he is literal, is so, we can be consumed. We also can have a devil sitting at our right hand, right? Convincing us that he does not exist. So in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 38, we read, Jesus of Nazareth, God gave him the Holy Spirit with power. And he went about doing good and making well all who were troubled, By evil spirits. For God was with him. Yahweh was with Yahshua. And Yahshua did what? He went about with the Holy Ghost in power, doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. All that were oppressed of the devil. In the 1611 authorized Bible. So what did we just learn? Not only did Christ deal with him as a person through his temptation, but he waged war on Satan as a person and freed people that were oppressed by him. Very important to understand because this proves that we also can be oppressed by the devil. And if we also can be oppressed by the devil, then... We need to wage war on Satan as a person as well. And so, one more place to consider. Turn with me over to Luke, chapter 13. And we're going to read, beginning in verse 16. Yahshua says, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Christ straightforwardly said that this woman, a daughter of Abraham, an Israelite woman, Satan had bound her for over 18 years. A polite way of saying, just like we read about in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. That the devil oppress our people and can oppress our people. So Christ most assuredly taught that Satan was a real person. He said that he had seen him fall from heaven. He had seen him fall from heaven. That's found within the gospel according to Luke chapter 10 verse 18. Yahshua said, I was watching for Satan falling from heaven like a star. King James says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now in the book of Job chapter 38, the stars are considered What? Morning stars. The sons of God. Satan was also a morning star. In fact, early star, meaning Lucifer, is one of his names. Jesus Christ straightforwardly said that he saw Satan fall from heaven. Now, does it make sense as to why I took you in the very beginning to the book of Revelation and proved that there was war? Michael and the saints made war with the devil and his angels, and they cast him down. And he was there, of course, in the very beginning as a serpent. Well, that is because Satan is considered the deceiver of the whole world. The deceiver of the whole world. Not only is he the deceiver of the whole world in almost every prophecy pertaining to the devil... But if it were possible, he could deceive the very elect. Now, back in Revelation chapter 12, we learned there was war in heaven. In verse 7, Michael and his angels went out to the fight and they made war. So that confirms that he is a personal leader of many angels. Now, the book of Enoch, for sake of argument, basically says that the angels that fell with him are kept on the fifth level of heaven. They are considered the Gregori, or the Watchers. But the offspring, or the Nephilim, the Nephil, the spirits, those are free to roam the earth, just as the devil does. They are considered demons within the Scripture. And so, another point I want you to understand is that the devil will give his power to Antichrist at one point in history. And not only that, will give And receive personal worship. Personal worship. That is something that many of our people are already doing. In the Judeo-Christian churches. They give personal worship to the devil's children. They come in and they say, Yahweh God chose the Jews. The Jews are God's chosen. Well, that's not written within Scripture. So consider a statement in Revelation. Chapter 13. But beginning in verse 1. I stood upon the sand of the sea. This is John the Divine speaking. And saw a beast rise up out of the sea. Having seven heads and ten horns. And upon his horns ten crowns. And upon his heads the names of blasphemy. The names of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. And his feet were as the feet of a bear. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. And his seat. And great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the beast. Which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast saying. Who is like unto the beast. And who is able to make war with him. Now stopping right there judeo christianism already espouses this. They say the Jews are God's chosen. Jesus Christ is a Jew, oftentimes, and even worse. And they have this mindset. Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Why? Because they all in one accord worship the dragon. And at the beginning of our lecture, we learned that that same dragon is considered what? The devil. And so... Please pay attention to this short intermission, and I'll be back with the rest of today's lecture.
0: Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.org where you will find direct access to our extensive selection of audio sermons. You can also listen to Pastor Visser by GodCast on your mobile audio devices. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, please make your checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry or use the donate button on our website to use PayPal. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, so we hope that you will allow him to lead your life. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply his words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible Study Message.
1: And indeed, it is so great to have you back with me, my friends. We left off proving that Yeshua taught that Satan was technically a real person, de facto, on earth. And the book of Revelation is considered to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. Many people are not aware of that. But in the book of Revelation, it is mentioned that Satan will fight at Armageddon. And he'll be taken and bound by a chain and cast into a literal prison for a thousand years. Now this is found in the book of Revelation chapter 20, but beginning in verse 1, where John says, I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key of the great deep and a great chain in his hand. And he took the dragon, the old snake, which is the evil one and Satan, and put chains on him for a thousand years. Stopping right there. The King James reiterates that as that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, just as it does at the very beginning. So that is your second witness. Just like we, were, we learn in Revelation chapter 12. Well, here in Revelation chapter 13, the dragon, the serpent is also the devil and Satan. So Satan and the devil in scripture is considered the dragon and that old serpent. But what else? Well, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 3, and put him into a great deep and it was shut and locked over him so that he might put the nations in error no longer till the thousand years were ended. After this, he will be let loose for a little time. King James says a little season. But that, my friend, if you will, is the millennial reign. And we're not going to look at that too deeply. But here in Revelation chapter 20, we learn that there was an angel that came down from heaven and had the key of the bottomless pit. And that angel had power over the dragon because the dragon is the devil. And he was cast within there. And he was sealed. But why? So he could no longer deceive. The Israelite nations. So another name for the devil. Is the deceiver. Not only. Whispering magic enchanter. Not only Beelzebub. Or Abaddon. Or Apollyon. All of these names that technically mean. Perish. Or adversary in Hebrew and Greek. But. He is a deceiver. And not only that, what is his end? Well, verse 7 provides the key to that. The end of what happens to the devil ultimately. But I want you to understand that in the scripture, Satan is considered the son of perdition. Because in Isaiah, Ezekiel, and almost every prophecy, predicting his downfall, He is sentenced to perish, to be cast down to the sides of the pit. Thus, he is the only person, quote-unquote, sentenced to die in Scripture. The son of perdition. Perdition means perish, so does Abaddon, so does Apollyon. So in Revelation chapter 20, beginning in verse 7, when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be let loose out of his prison and will go out to put in error the nation's which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to get them get together to the war, the number of whom is like the sands of the sea. And they went up over the face and made a circle about the tents of the saints and the well-loved town, and fire came down out of heaven for their destruction. And the evil one who put them in error, who's the them? are Israelite nations, during the battle, of Gog and Magog, during Armageddon, in short. The evil one, the devil, who put us in error, was sent down into the sea of ever-burning fire, where the beast and the false prophet are. And their punishment will go on, day and night, forever and ever. Now, my Bible says forever. And it also says right here, there is a lake of fire. And many people will dispute that. So we're not going to look too deep at this uh, terminology, tormented forever. But technically, there are two forms of torment. Outer darkness and burning with wailing and gnashing of feet or uh, teeth. So not only did Jesus Christ teach this in the book of Revelation, the apostles themselves fought with Satan. And Satan fought with the apostles as a real person. Now we already know in Ephesians chapter 6 because we're in that series now here in Brooks, Georgia. But chapter 6 verse 10 says, quote, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. End quote. And so what we're wrestling with is, oh, so much more than just a person. Because it begins just like with the Israelites in the flesh, right? Satan has a body and Satan is a head, a head of angels and a head of many demons. But so also is Yahshua our head and we comprise his body. So we wrestle against flesh oftentimes, but over it all, Ephesians says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But at the end of it all, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Paul also said, when he was trying to set up the church to the Thessalonians, that Satan hindered us in 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul straightforwardly says, For which reason we made attempts to come to you, even I, Paul, Once and again, over and over, but Satan kept us from coming. Now, was Paul out of his mind? Was he basically saying, my flesh is hindering me? No. Satan was saying, or Paul was saying, that Satan is a literal deity. Because the apostles fought with Satan as a real person. And Paul was not the only one. Peter himself referred to Satan as an adversary. And we already covered that in part but in the first epistle of Peter, chapter 5, verse 8, Peter says, be serious and keep watch, right? Be sober, be vigilant, your adversary, the devil. So, Paul and Peter, the early apostles, the first generation church, warned men against a personal devil, a personal devil, and told saints not to give place to the devil or To stand against the wiles of the devil. In short, to resist the devil. Now that is the key. And why I believe the devil wants to appear as invisible. Because scripture says, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. But what happens if we don't resist the devil? Well, he doesn't flee from us, right? And if we're wicked, then the devil standeth at our right hand. As we confirmed today from the Psalms. And so... The apostles warned men against a literal de facto devil. And to confirm this, turn with me back to Ephesians. And again, you may have heard me mention, but we're covering Ephesians as a series beginning January 1st of this year. And tomorrow should be the third part and the continuation of that, where we're picking it back up in chapter 2, where we learn that we are saved by grace, not of works. But in this same epistle of Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, Paul says in verse 27, Do not give way to the evil one. Do not give place to the devil. Now, are we, as men and women of the Most High, able to do that? Because we're supposed to. Right before this, he says, Be angry, but sin not. Now, it's a Christian ideal to be angry. And many people overlook that because they attribute anger to Yahweh God and they only attribute anger on earth to the devil. But Yahweh God becomes angry and so do His men and women that are created in His image. That is, against the evil one. Because we do not give way to the evil one. And so, obviously, the apostles warned against a personal devil. Or Paul wouldn't say that we could give place to a devil, right? How about James? Because James is one of those books where the people who believe that the devil is their flesh. Remember, Christ taught in John chapter 8 that the Jew was born of their father the devil, denoting origin in the Greek of meaning ex. But the men and women who are duped into believing that the devil's just their flesh already believe that they are born of the devil. So consider this state statement as it's found in James, the same book that says every man is tempted through his flesh, right, by the devil. In James chapter four, verse seven, James says, for this cause be ruled by Yahweh and make war on the evil one. And then he will be put to flight before you. What does the King James say? Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. And perhaps that's why the devil does not want you resisting his evil devices. I believe so. Well, one more place to look before we move on. So I can prove to you that Paul, James, and Peter all taught that the devil was literal And that he can personally make war with the saints. Not only nationally, as he did at the very beginning of today's lecture. When he provoked King David to census our people. But also personally. So in First Peter chapter 5, we learn beginning in verse 8. Be serious, keep watch. The evil one who is against you goes about like a lion. And statements of this kind can only refer to a person or a personal adversary. So, the devil is not only, by name, the adversary of Yahweh God. He is the adversary of the nation or race of Israel. And the adversary of the saints on a personal level. On a personal meaning spiritual level, right? Ephesians teaches it. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So, the next point I want you to focus on is that personal or singular pronouns are used of Satan as they are of any other person, any other apostle, and oftentimes just like Yahshua. In the Bible, Satan is referred to as a he, as himself, as him, as me, as thou. And I, for example, consider the gospel according to Matthew. And in chapter 12, it is Yahshua himself who says in verse 26, If Satan sends out Satan, he makes war against himself. How then will he keep his kingdom? Stopping right there. Notice, Christ confirmed, just like we learned at the beginning of this lecture, and we learn in the first two chapters of the book of Job, That Satan has a kingdom. He has angels. And not only that, Satan can't cast out his self. He cannot make war against himself. So who do you believe he makes war with? But Christ continues here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 27. If I, by Beelzebub, send evil spirits out of men, by whom do your sons send them out? So let them be your judges. But if I, by the Spirit of God, send out devils, <laughs> evil spirits, then is the kingdom of God come upon you. So, notice, Christ said and that Satan was a personal, singular person here, and referred to Beelzebub even, in the proper name, a pronoun. If I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Fair question. Who do you think the Judeo-Christian pastors, if they even possess the ability to cast a demon out of a man or a woman, who do you think they cast them out by? (laughs) Fair question, right? Because we tend to delude ourselves into thinking, well, only God can cast out demons. (laughs) Well, the devil is so deceitful. So deceitful. So, I want you to consider another statement. Turn over one gospel over to Luke chapter 11. And we learn in verse 18 from the mouth of Yahshua. If then Satan is at war with himself, how will he keep his kingdom? Because you say that I send evil spirits out of men by the help of Beelzebub. Was Christ lying? No, the people were lying. And what they were doing was committing the unpardonable sin. They came in called evil good and good evil and basically said Yahshua was casting out demons with the power of the devil. So, in the narrative, we learn that oftentimes the devil can put on a good show and even cast out demons by himself, right? To fool people. But, perhaps that's a study for another day. One more place to consider. Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, in the very beginning of Yahshua's ministry, he was tempted of the quote-unquote evil one. And Christ says, time and time again, For example, verse 9. He said unto him. Who? Yeshua said unto Satan. And the evil one went away from him. Christ and angels came and took care of him. So, again. It's very important to understand. Because Satan, oftentimes, is referred to, for the most part, as him, it. Singular in a proper name. But there are Oftentimes, or a few times in Scripture, small variations and exceptions to that rule. Like when Christ says, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter. But the next point I want you to consider is these personal statements are made to him as any other person. As any other person. So, we already looked at part of Zechariah today. in Chapter 3. Where we learn, Yahweh said unto Satan, Yahweh rebuke thee, O Satan. And this is seen also in the example when Michael and Satan make war with one another. This is seen in the Gospel of Matthew, and we covered part of that already. But I want you to look at a prophecy that is found in the book of the major prophet Isaiah, chapter 14. We're going to look at another name and a prophecy that is given to the devil And it begins in verse 12. How great is your fall from heaven, O shining one, son of the morning, stopping right there. Did we not confirm today that Christ himself said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven? Indeed we did. Meaning Christ was here at the time that this prophecy happened and was fulfilled. How great is your fall from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? Once again, we see the modus operandi of Satan is to weaken the Israelite nations by any means necessary. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Remember, Job chapter 38 proves that the sons of God are morning stars.
0: I will sit also
1: upon the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. So, if the devil, here rendered in Isaiah chapter 14, wants the worship of men, now you should understand why he attempted to tempt Yahshua in the wilderness. He wants to be like the Most High. This should also shed light on why false prophets come in and say the Jews are God's chosen people. Because he wants to be like the Most High. This should also shed light on why many people who are confused and don't study their Scripture say the Jews are God's chosen. He wants to be like the Most High. Do you understand that point? The devil wants to take the homage that is due Yahweh or Yahshua. And he has a million and one distractions on this earth because he is the prince of this earth to draw you aside. And my friend, part of the notes in this series that I'm working on is proving how Satan has a direct counterfeit and an artificial for everything that Yahweh God creates that is supernatural. But perhaps that's a study for another day. But the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Are we able to say that when our false prophet comes and lies to us? Well, we should. Now, it goes without saying that personal conversations are carried on with him, just like other people. This also proves the doctrine of Satan from the Bible. And the Bible, at least the authorized 1611 King James Version, proves that he is a literal being. In Job chapter 1, we covered that. Matthew chapter 4, we covered that as well. And here, in Isaiah. But back in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 14, where Satan says, I want to be like the Most High, the prophecy that is pronounced against Lucifer, whose name means light bearer, is thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit." So, That is another characteristic of the devil. Personal descriptions are given of him in Ezekiel chapter 28 and also here in Isaiah chapter 14. And we're going to look at that in a future segment where we look at the origin of Satan after this one. It will conclude likely in one week from now, next Saturday, we're going to look at the origin of Satan and then ultimately the fall of Satan and the work of Satan. But personal acts are ascribed to him. Personal descriptions are given of him. And perhaps more importantly than any of those are his personal names and the titles that are given to him. Satan is mentioned over 175 times in scripture. And almost every time by a personal name. Lucifer. We just covered that in Isaiah chapter 14. Devil and the Satan. Or Satan. De facto. We covered that as well today from Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. He's considered Beelzebub. We looked at that in part in Matthew chapter 10. He's considered Belial. Oftentimes referred to as Belial, or Belial in 2 Corinthians. He's also considered an adversary. Your adversary, the devil, right? We covered that in 1 Peter. He's considered the dragon according to Revelation. The serpent, according to 1 Corinthians and Revelation, the God of this world, the prince of this world, the prince of the power of this air, and we're going to be looking at that tomorrow, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on January 8th, the prince of the power of the air and Let me interject and say in short, Satan is considered the prince of the power of the air. So the rapture doctrine is his. The airwaves that he perverts society through are also his. And Christ himself said, I behold, Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So it's obvious he is the prince of the power of the air. So many names that we don't have time to look at today. The accuser of our brethren, Revelation chapter 12, the enemy. The tempter, the wicked one, or that wicked one. That wicked one. And I'd like to take a look at that one statement. Turn over, most likely in conclusion, to the first epistle of John, chapter 5. Where John teaches us how to differentiate between the children of Yahweh God and the children of Satan. Now Christ taught that there were children of Yahweh and children of Satan in his parable of the tares and the wheat. In his parable of the sheep and the goats. Christ taught time and time again. But the point to mention about that. Or to notice is that. Uh, Yahshua said. An enemy hath done this. Right? An enemy. That's found in Matthew chapter 13. So in First John chapter 5. We learn. Beginning in verse 17. All evil doing is sin. But death is not the punishment. For every sort of sin. So understand that point? All unrighteousness is sin, because sin is a transgression of the law. And there is a sin not unto death, meaning that there are sins unto death. And the devil wants you to commit sins unto death, because death is another name for him in the book of Revelation. And time will not allow that. So in life, there are people we can pray for. They are they who have committed sins not worthy of death. But if we go back to Leviticus and Deuteronomy, there are many transgressions of God's law that outline the death penalty. But back here, John says in verse 14, All evil doing is sin, but death is not the punishment for every sort of sin. We are certain that one who is a child of God will do no sin, but the Son of God keeps him so he is not touched by the evil one. The King James says the wicked one. John continues in verse 19. We are certain that we are of God. But all the world is in the power of the evil one. So understand that point. The whole world lieth in wickedness. This is his kingdom. So much so that when Yahweh God comes to him. In the first two chapters of Job. He says where have you been? And Satan's response is walking up and down. And to and fro. Up and down, upon it, and upon the face of it. He offered Satan in the New Testament. Satan offered Joshua all the kingdoms of the world. Why? Because the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world is in the power of the evil one. But don't fret, dear kinsfolk. John continues in verse 20. Here in his first epistle, chapter 5. We are certain that the Son of God has come and has given us clear vision. So that we may see who is true. And we are in Him who is true. And in His Son, Jesus Christ. He who, Jesus Christ, is the true God and eternal life. King James says, this is the true God and eternal life. Now, very interesting teaching here from John. Because John is teaching on the devil, literal. And he is teaching us how we can know the difference between They who are born of God and born of the devil. And in short, they that are born of the devil, well, they do evil. They habitually sin because all the world is in the power of the evil one. But after all of this, John concludes in his benediction by saying, My little children, that is the Israelites, keep yourself from false gods. King James says, keep yourself from idols. Same thing. But that proves that the devil wants the worship that is due Yahweh God. We covered it today. I will be like the Most High. What did he ask of Yahshua when he attempted to tempt him? He said, if you will bow and give me worship. So if the devil himself and his children want the worship that is due Yahshua and due Yahweh God, the true God, then... It is obvious that he is able to do and offer us the same thing. So, when we see people with a lot of money, oftentimes much power, consider that they may have gotten that power from the devil, because the devil is the prince of the power of the air. The devil is the prince of this world. And the devil is most assuredly a false god, an idol. And we live in an artificial kingdom that the devil has power within And throughout. And the sure surest fire way. Of pulling us off of our God. Yahweh. Is to get us to worship false idols. So John ends. That letter. First John. His first epistle. The same way we're going to end this first part. In this series. Looking at the devil. And this sermon. Titled. The doctrine of Satan. In the same way. Keep yourself from false gods. And serve only the real God the God of Israel and until next time my friends this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia and the Covenant People's Church wishing you and your entire family great studies war for Christ Amen
0: Thank you for joining us for this Bible study lesson with Pastor Visser of the Covenant People's Ministry These teachings are recorded for you live by the Eurofolk Radio Broadcasting Network and can also be found in the archives of our church's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org. If you have any questions or comments regarding these messages, please write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205, USA. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Covenant Gathering. May God bless you and keep you and be with you always.